Americans are ready to greet their heroes, Vincent Bonner and Seamus McGetty. snatch the oil man's money? No way, I never figured even from the word go that it, you know anything like this could happen. No How long way. have you been at the game? This is about I think the 13th year, Thir 13 times lucky. <laughs> Here you are. But you had a great drive. Well I can't complain, the car went beautifully and you know I hadn't a hitch from the, you know, the word go, every stage just one after the other they were all the same. We hadn't a problem with the car. Sydney make me a fantastic job of the car. But you had, you had some superb competition as well, I think you'd like to Pay tribute to the, oh, to the definitely. Other. I mean, Austin McHale put on some performance. He really, he was the star of the rally. You know, he's been tortured with bad luck all the time, you know. And this time again, it struck on Atlantic Drive. You know, and I want to pay tribute to, to Austin McHale for putting up such a fine display of drive. Well he said. definitely was mighty man. Welcome to Crouching Gears, the rally podcast. It's a little bit different this time because we're in conversation with Vincent Bonner. Um, I suppose this is almost come back to the, the initial thought process behind this podcast, you know, three years ago, more now at this stage, where, you know, over lockdown, I get a chance to talk over Zoom with, you know, my heroes as such. And always been a dream to have a, a sit down conversation with one of the, those heroes, just to see, could it be done with, you know, a few people there as well. And Connor, I suggested to you, and you said, that sounds like a great idea. I didn't expect you to say no, but <laughs> it kind of took legs very quickly, didn't it? It did. I know. Listen, far too good an idea to say no to. And I suppose we always wondered what would it be like doing a podcast in front of a live audience. So it was the perfect opportunity to give it a go. Yeah, and like you know, it was a bit surreal. Like I, I wanted that very small, you know, because I I wasn't sure what I could comfortable in front of people or not you know but uh you know there was a lovely atmosphere in the room last saturday night when i recorded this and it was for me personally it was a huge achievement and it was just such a lovely vibe in the room i know it was fantastic like we were amongst you know vincent's family his friends his supporters and you know just it was an incredible atmosphere uh, a lovely man a lovely night uh, and, and, you know, we're delighted that we can, you know, it was recorded and we can bring it to people and, and let them see and watch it. For sure, for sure. And like, we have so many people to thank for making it happen, you know. Uh, I suppose, first of all, Donna Kelly. He, you know, whenever I went to him and asked him, well, told, told him what we thought what this process was. It was like, yep, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, whatever room you need that's there for you. So really appreciate that. Uh, just his just general help, you know, for making it all happen. Two people then that really sort of facilitated it all was been uh, Rory Kennedy and John Bonner. Um, again, one to them with me eight year as well. And yep, yep, we'll make it happen. Let's do it. And uh, then everybody we asked to come on the night could uh, you know? Yep, the minute you mentioned Vincent Bonner, we'll be there. No problem at all. Glad to help. And uh, then Michael Devlin, who come along and helped us out with the sound. Like we were scratching our brains or you know, scratching our head, figuring, you know, our brains were fried how we we're going to record the sound and video and everything. And uh, talked to him, spoke to him, told him what my thoughts was. And he thought about, yeah, that can happen, we can do that. So that took a big pressure off us. 
Joe Sharp, you know, everybody knows Joe Sharp around, anybody that goes to a rally will know Joe Sharp from his exploits with a camera around the country. Um, I, I said to Joe what I was thinking of right away, yes, I'll be there, Kevin, no problem, the camera will be there, ready for action. So, Joe, thank you. Um, then we had Mark McCullough and Gavin Woods there on the night as well to, you know, just generally assist, take a few photos, that was gratefully appreciated. Uh, another man was Fergus McAnallan too, a fantastic slideshow on the night as well too, so appreciate that. But Connor, I really need to thank you as well too because, as I say, I have these brain parts and you never say no, you always try and figure out a way of making it happen and thank you very much for that. And what can we say, like it was just, I don't know, madness, uh, crazy, but what a night. Oh, listen, it was good, crazy. And it was. It was, it was a lovely night. Um, I'm delighted to have been a part of it. Really enjoyed it. Um, I hope it comes across equally as well on the recording and on the video. Uh, you know, the, the what we felt, what we captured on the night uh, was just incredible. And uh, what do you call it? At the end of it, we're going to have a slideshow of some of the photos from the evening as well. And tonight we're in conversation with Vincent Bonner. I'd like to ask Vincent to please join John and Kevin at the table. And I'd ask everybody, please be upstanding for our special guest. As Connor said, you're very welcome along to conver uh, in conversation with Vincent Bonner. Um, Vincent, you're our guinea pig here tonight, so... <laughs> We'll, we'll give it a rattle and see how it goes, but as I say, I'd like to thank every, each and every one of you for coming along here tonight. Um, it's a fantastic turnout. Vincent, it's a huge honour for me here and for Connor here to help us tell your story tonight, so I hope you enjoy it. Oh, don't worry, I'd enjoy it. <laughs> I've met people here that I haven't seen, I would say, for 30, 40 years nearly, and uh, delighted to be here and delighted, you know, for everybody, that the effort they put in to make it happen tonight, you know. Well, so it was, uh, we should start off. What was it really fired off? You make you got built the buzz about rallying. Where did that that spark fall out of? Well, it had happened a terrible long time ago. It happened before just the, I would say two or three weeks before the rally of the Rosses. They used to come. I had a wee garage in Dunlow, and they used to come a boy round Jackie Harris from Letterkenny, and he was selling parts like an artifactor and. Uh, we started talking, the two of us, and he was going to buy a car, so I says, right, I know nothing about rallying, but sure, I'll buy a car and see where it goes from there. That was the beginning of it. And that, you bought a money then for the first one? Yeah, I, went, I was looking at the paper that time. It was the evening press. You would, you would buy it in the evening. You would look at the advertisements for cars. There were no such thing as auto trade or done deal or anything at that time, so... I bought the Evening Press nearly every night and eventually I came on this car down and outside of Athlone, Moat, uh, who was a fella that he used to service for Mick Dolan. He was a rally driver at that time and he had a wee money and myself and the wife, her good self, we landed down and bought the car. <laughs> and she's never forgiven you since, I would no, say. I'd say that. <laughs> that's the truth. That's for sure. That's right. That was the beginning of it then. And uh, I don't Went from less to more after that then. Yeah, and like I suppose having the Rally of the Rosses in your hometown, uh, you know, you couldn't not do the event, really. And I didn't even know what, you know what a special stage or anything like that was before. Or I didn't know about time cards or controls or absolutely nothing. But uh, I think some of the boys said to me, maybe after three stages, we were leading the rally, you know. Billy Coleman, he won the rally eventually in, 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 a, in an Alpine sprint. But... Uh, 
we were going on well, and we, I think we went out in Glendona right there someplace, and uh, one of the drive shaft broke, and that was the end of it. Yeah. And like, was that, that, you know, did that light the fire? Like, did you want to be a rally driver then? Oh, that was that was the beginning of the end, definitely. You know, I mean, it, it went from less to more. Then couldn't get couldn't get into it quick enough. Would want to get in every single day of the week. Then, you know, and went from strength to strength. Then bought different cars over the period and whatnot. You know, and like, you'd always good people around you as well. You know, you had you know Pat City and Jerry O'Donnell and guys like that. You know, working on the car as well as you're working on it every probably every hour yourself. You could spare. Unbelievable! You just they—they're more interested in it than I had. You know, I mean, they were up every night and we worked to morning, taking the car apart and putting it together. And I remember that—I <laughs> remember the story with the Circuit of Ireland. We done it one year, and it was a petrol shortage, and. Uh, I had uh, one of those big Bedford vans, and we put a 45-gallon drum up on the roof of it, and we had a hose coming down from, from, from the drum to fill the can every time we came into service. And it was them boys that done all that. You know, I, I never even had nothing to do with that. That was all they were doing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe Connor, maybe we'll maybe catch up with Pat City there and Jerry O'Donnell and get just a, f a few thoughts from them. Surely to God. Oh, they'd have some stories, them boys, I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us been down one time, we were down in Killarney, and my brother, he was sitting all at the time, and Pat was with us, and uh, we were sitting at the dinner table last night, you know, and the starters was on, and there were snails on the, on the starters, and, oh, Jesus, <laughs> so Pat started on about the snails, Fuck's sake, we're not going to eat here, we're not going to eat here, <laughs> you know, that was all them, we were the best of crack, definitely had, great crack, yeah. So, Pat, you weren't too fussed in the snails then, were you not? <laughs> no, no. Uh, some, some great memories out of Vincent's way. You used to go down at night time there, and before the rally, you would go out testing, and we used to have, go down around the gunners and back up at the church, and out onto the main street. Uh, yeah, great memories. Yeah. And, y y Pat, say they, like, you know, them were brilliant years, I would say. Like, you know, every day was an adventure, like, and it was like that. Yeah, yeah. I will, we were servicing them with a lot of mishaps now. <laughs> the buck next door here. <laughs> Jerry, maybe you want to tell us a, a wee mishap or two there? I, I got the blame. I got the blame for boiling up a kettle with filter up with, wa with uh, the petrol instead of water. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a chain bomb up in cabin one night. <laughs> but sure, they were, the, they were the good days. Yeah. Uh, and Jerry, maybe you want to tell us the full story about the kettle? Yeah, uh, well, don't want to tell you about three o'clock in the morning, and we, we took out the gas, and we filled her up, but we thought it was water, it was petrol, but at 15 minutes, the kettle wasn't boiling. Michael, Vincent's brother, said, was the kettle going to boil the night at all? So I go over and left the kettle, the lid off it, and it just blew up. <laughs> the rally car was in between the, the rally car and the van. We were towing the van car home, and we couldn't get the rope open. And the whole side of the road was on fire. And one of them things. <laughs> one of them nights. <laughs> was it just a case of jumping the car and go then, or did you just put out the fire? <laughs> a bonfire night. <laughs> so, now, yeah. And the Vincent, Vincent, you know, the, you know, your brother Michael was a huge part of your rallying back in the early days as well. Like, he made it happen as much as anybody. He funded the whole thing, you know. 
definitely, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do it unless I had him. And uh, he would, he was, he, he was worse than myself. I remember him going to, I think it was the, the, the Monaco Grand Prix, and uh, I don't know whatever team the, the suits the boys was wearing. We had to get two of the suits the same. They were, they were made in London. Linnea that made them in London, and the two suits came home from from London. No, he was he was terrible. Eh? <laughs> Definitely was. Yeah. Yes, we're two very stylish boys stepping about the service area. I would say. I'm telling you now. Definitely, I can remember them yet. They were red suits with white stripes down through them. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, you started off in the money then, and then you treated up. Then was it a Lotus Cortina? Then was the next car. I remember I had a, a, I bought a 2.5 uh, Triumph petrol injection, a lethal thing to go. And I remember PJ Will Hare, he came over to the, and he was looking at the car, and he says, Jesus, I wouldn't mind buying that. And I says, Well, I don't know, I, don't, I like it, and I'll keep it, you know. And he says, uh, I'll trade the Lotus. And uh, eventually we'd done the deal, and I bought the Lotus, and I'd done the Circuit of Ireland in the Lotus. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who do you think at the better end of the deal? That one, do you think? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I think it would have been better to hold on to the triumph. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe PG will give it a smell. Happy ending is right. Yeah, very good. Oh, no. So, PG, you got a, a 2.5 triumph, and um, Vincent got a, a Lotus Cortina. Like, was that a fair swap, do you think? I'm on it. Oh, yeah, okay. It was a fair swap, all right. Uh, the, the Lotus needed a new engine. So Vincent uh, went and bought a, or built a brand new engine for it, and he landed over with me and Kerry Garrett to give me a run up around the pans on this Lotus Cortina. And uh, I thought to myself, what did you do with this car? I said, never was as good as that. <laughs> and he drove it for, what, the circuit of Ireland in a few years. Yeah. That's right. I went on to buy an escort Mexico uh, after that. Right. Yeah, but just going back uh, before, sorry, am I, am I on air here? Just going back before the, the, the rallying started, when Vincent said what kicked him off and he got the spark, uh, Tommy Burns built the Firecrest for me into a full race uh, down in 1293. And one day before, a racer took over around the Rosses for a run. And outside on low, the car stopped. Electrical fault. So I says, one man, I'll sort this out. So I landed down with Vincent. So Sunday evening. So Vincent came out and, and uh, got the car going. And he says, I'll take it for a wee run. And he took the car up to Kathleen's, up, up in Lechema Garage, when he, when he came back. And he says, Jesus, that's a serious car, that. <laughs> he says, I never sat in anything like it in all my life. Vincent. I remember terrible well, you that know. Was, that <laughs> was the steering, there was so much power, front wheel drive, and it that, was all over the place. That was 1969. That's what that was. That's oh right, I, and I wrote her off in 70 then. <laughs> <laughs> so, were, were you romancing at this stage? You weren't even married or nothing, and you were showing off this, no, your I, skills? That's, right, I, I, that's true, that's true. You were showing off your skills <laughs> behind the wheel? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And like, you know, that, that the Lotus Cortina then brought you good success and all then, but it was time then to move on. So Mark 1 Cortina then, uh, or no, Mark 1 Escort then was the next car on the agenda yeah, then? Uh, yeah, I bought a Mark 1 Escort of Cal Corley. It belonged to Russell Brooks. He used it in England and uh, took it home and, and 
that wasn't that powerful. And uh, there was a fella down in Downers, you probably all know him, he's dead now, John Connors. He was working in Glasgow at the time. And he knew somebody that was working on these Pinto engines and sent it over to him and he rebuilt the car and took it back. And I remember the first rally we'd done and it then was here in Donegal Town. We used the old Lahey Road. And uh, I remember coming down the old Lahey Road and the two back shocks broken it over a bump. I'll never forget, I don't know how I ever kept it on the road till I got it stopped, you know, it was all over the place. But uh, went on then and sold it eventually after that then. Yeah. <laughs> was there another man here who bought that car as well? <laughs> <laughs> was PG involved in that deal as well? I can't remember that, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, like, you know, that, the, the Mark 1, you know, brought you good success as well, you know, like, it was, it was the next, sort of, I suppose, the next step in the ladder, really. That was, they were all going Mark 1 Eskers then, that was the beginning of the Eskers starting then at that stage, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. But there was still that need for more speed, so, yeah, you started, like, investigating, yeah, you had the car, but you wanted, you ended up over in SMT over in Scotland. Oh, that's a long story, that one, yeah. <laughs> I remember um, I sold the car to Freddie Patterson, I think, or something like that. Or when he had a car at that time. It was a James Hunt Tour of Britain car. And it was a Magnum 2.3. And I bought it of him. And the next thing was, that must have been 1977, because my father died that year. And I was to do the Donegal Rally. And I think that may have been the first one ever missed. And... Uh, I gave the car to PJ to do the rally. He he done the rally that year, and uh, I was going very well in it at the time. And the next thing we made a wee mistake down in Hornhead, and uh, he put her out. <laughs> he went off the road, and he was out of the rally, you know. So uh, then after that, then I took the car and went back to SMT and and thing because Jimmy McRae, he was that was running him at that stage, and they knew all about the Magnums, and I went over to them and. They repaired the car, but the car wasn't to my satisfaction. They couldn't get the car squared. So me and the boy that, that in the office that was working with Jimmy, you know, he says, well, we just need to try and stay with it. And he, they, they kept me for four or five days and they couldn't eventually get the problem. So I happened to be walking about the garage and passing the time and whatnot. And I went out to the yard and Jimmy's car was out in the yard. And I came into him and I says, would you be interested in selling Jimmy's car? He looked at me and he says, are you for real? And I says, well, you know, sure, everything is a price, you know. So he says to me, well, you need to leave it with me because he says, it doesn't belong to us, it belongs to DTV. DTV. And I says, uh, okay, whatever. So he came back and he says, yeah, we'll do a deal on it. And he says, but we won't sell the number. The number on it was SMT1, but they wouldn't sell the number. And that's how that car that you're looking at in the photographs, that's Jimmy McRae's Care, the group one care that he had that time. So the, that had the, all the proper bells and whistles. Oh, that, that was, was that a proper works care. That was the real deal. That one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the, that was the real deal. Wasn't yeah, it? and like, was that a huge step up from your? Oh, own there was before? day and night a difference, and you know, there was a red F box. Everything was in that car, and all the wee tweaks in the back of harems and all that kind of stuff was all done. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was a real group. One care, you know, a really good one. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and like that brought you good success then, because you, you know you done a lot of events and that around the country as well. Then I did, uh, and that kind of put put a mindset in my mind, you know, not to just to buy, you know, nearly any car. I always after that, I always bought history cars, if you know what I mean, you know, yeah. because I seen the difference from the other car to this car. And, you know, all the rest of them, you know, you, that's what you've kind of followed after that. You know? Yeah, like, you know, spend a few quid, but you, you got it in you the performance. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like by that stage then, the Sunbeam was the car to have, so the Magnum was traded in for a Sunbeam? Yeah, then? that's right. I traded it to Derek McMahon, bought his Sunbeam. And uh, we had good success in it. Now, we finished sixth in the banks in it one year, you know. But uh, there was a terrible problem with the engine. The, the, the pistons were scrapped that was under the, you know. But uh, when you got it going right, it was, it would go, it could go hard, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. about that year, you know, you'd done so well in the Manx. That was, you know, the Manx was around the European Rally Championship. You know, it attracted the cream of Irish, British and European rally, rally drivers at that stage as well. Oh, yeah, they were all there that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, so to come away like, and the, with a top six result like, was you know, well, beyond well, your dreams, probably, yeah, well, I would say. Well, we were very thrilled with it. Anyway. Probably when you look back at it now, you think, you know, you're really, you know, you've done terrible well in it. But at the time, we thought we were as good as them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and was there some boy got in a bit of baller over there as well? Pardon? Was there somebody got in a bit of baller over in the Manx as well? That they were nearly going oh to get... God, I, oh, God. We can't say too much about that now. One, one, of the, one of the crew got into a wee bit of bother over there, but we're, we're not, we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we'll not name and shame, will we? No, 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 no. And then... You know, Neely O'Donnell too, another man here tonight as well. Neely played a part in the, the team round about that time as well. That he did indeed. Neely sat on long time for a long time with me, and um, and we had a member in the Circuit of Ireland one year. We, had, we were going well. We were, or we must have been maybe fifteen or twenty minutes leading the Castlereagh Trophy in it, and lost concentration. And a boy came up to me and talked to me before the stage, and he says, see everybody down there, they're all left, and you don't need to lift down there, but even we tried not lifting, we, we, they were lifting for a reason. <laughs> so we went out of it, you know, yeah, yeah. that's right. I, you know, there's no point, about, like, the circuit in them days was like a monster event, to get oh, its, its reputation went around the world. Well, well, I tell you now, I mean, you, you were talking about Macula and all them boys, Auricula, all, you know, they were really the boys at the time, and, you know, they were all in the circuit, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you know, yeah. it was around the, the, the British Championship, and, like, it was second to the World Championship, really, at that time. You had, you know, the cream of the cream coming oh, there. Oh, yeah, everybody was, everybody wanted to do the circuit, you know. It was a proper rally that time, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember, there were probably 50 stages in it, or something like that, you know. <laughs> all individual stages, you know. I yeah. think there was no... There no repeats at all, you just kept going on and on and on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, yeah. that was day and night as well, like, only getting three, four hours sleep then? Oh, yeah, not definitely. I remember it would start maybe on a Monday, coming out of Killarney, we'd say at about 11 o'clock, and you wouldn't finish till you were in Bangor on Tuesday after dinner, you know. I mean, and you're coming up through Mayo and Sligo and Donegal and all those stages, you know. Yeah. yeah. And even to come up through Donegal, you know, was there local support out there for oh, you? Oh, all the time, definitely. The amount of people that watched the stages was unbelievable yeah. that time, yeah. Uh-huh. <gasps> I remember going out to Donlow Lake, that's just out the road from... John lives on it, and I remember going out one year before I was ever in rallying, and Roger Clark, he was leading it, and uh, was talking about the start of the stage, you know, yeah, and that's a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So I like even before you started, like there was something burning and and you right. Well, did you know, you know <laughs> something that you never would see every day of the day, yes. the week, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, even you think even here the local history around this area, Loch Esk, you know, is one of them circuit iron stages. It's that's synonymous right. with the rally. Back that's in the correct. Day. That's mm-hmm. right. Even when we done the deja vu out of here, you know, Paddy Harker, God yeah. rest him. Uh, you know, he he went off on it, and he went out. Rory was driving him, and we stopped when he went off, and he met the fella that helped him out that night. You know, mm-hmm. some history out there. You know, that's yeah. for sure. As, uh, isn't that the great thing about rallying? Like, 
you know, you meet some characters, you meet, you know, like that guy that was there, you know, 50 odd years ago, was, you know, there to tell, uh, uh, you know, Paddy's story. That's correct. Oh, yeah. There's a fellow here tonight, and, and, you know, and, and definitely 25 years or more since I met him. And I couldn't believe when I came into the thing tonight, and he, that, that man's here. And I would say you just fell into conversation as I if you met him last week. I couldn't believe when I seen him, you know. He was one of the boys that looked after me when. Sydney was looking after the car. And I remember one story, we were leading the Sligo Rally, was in the Escort, and up on the main road to Carrick and Shannon, outside Caluni, the water pump gave up on the car. And we thought we were out of the rally, and he comes along, along with one of the other boys, and they pulled in, and they changed the water pump along the road. And uh, we won the rally. And that's Gary Wilson. Uh-huh. No bother to Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the street now, that's gospel street. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were working out in your head how much this was going to cost? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, <laughs> see if it was 10 grand, it would be good on it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Connor, maybe you'll catch up with Neely there and get a few thoughts from Neely. <laughs> Hello? Yep. Okay, Vincent. Uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to thank you for all those opportunities. Uh, well, we're looking at 45 years ago. It's, I had to look up some of the dates and things last night. And that particular rally that Vincent mentioned, the Circuit of Ireland, I hadn't done a lot of rallying with, uh, not, not very far up on the, not well seated or whatever. So I got the opportunity with Vincent. And after scrutiny in Belfast, the uh, dealer Vauxhall team came over to us to say that we were going to be part of the team entry. That was very good. That was with Penty Ericla and Jimmy McRae and Jimmy's ex-Magnum that Vincent had bought. So uh, here I was just from doing wee bits of local rallies and stuff like that. And it was a fantastic opportunity to be, you know, sitting there with all these people. Vincent was a hero to start with, but to be among all those famous names, seated so well up. Uh, As Vincent said, that particular rally didn't end that well. Uh, We had too much. We were the leading Southern crew by 20 minutes and just a loss of concentration. I reminded Vincent the night, that was stage 42 and we were in Kilkenny on the way back up the east coast. It was a long rally. There was two nights. You, you had your day. Well, most of us all know that anyway. But uh, it was a fabulous opportunity. Then the following year, we had a fantastic run in the Ulster Rally. And uh, probably, I mentioned to Rory Kennedy earlier, the shortest rally I ever done with Vincent. I got into the car at Fintra House, small Donegal rally, and before we got to the main road, Michael came flying around the corner in the BMW, and he says, get out of my seat. (laughs) So that was definitely, I got about 300 metres, I think. (laughs) That's it. Anyway, Vincent, well done, and congratulations and everything. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nina. Thank you. 
Vincent Temp, that's a lovely story. Like that, you know, like forty stages plus, you know, and you were only like, uh, you know, there's still two days to go. That was when you think of the the events now, twenty stages is a huge rally. Like that was exactly all. Yeah, uh, the circuit was something else, you know. Then that they, that was the rally to do at that time, you know. Yeah, sure. I think we must have done maybe, I would say twelve, maybe fourteen stages on the Sunday. Out of Killarney, the, the, the Sunder on the Killarney, yeah. Oh, that, that was a loop. You went back to Killarney that night, you know, and then, yeah, I, then you right. started heading up the, the west right. coast then from there. <laughs> and, and then, you know, the time the Sunbeam was finished with then, it was time to step up to the big boys then. Group 4 escort then. You bought one from John Connors, we mentioned earlier, from Downings. That's correct. I bought, a car, I bought a, his car, yeah, and they needed an engine. And I remember this well. I left the house and I went up to Belfast. And I got on the plane and I went over to Cosworth or in Northampton. And I got all the parts and I put them into a bag. And I took them back on the plane. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and we got the engine rebuilt then for, for, for that care. Yeah, yeah. And this was during the, the troubles, I would say. You, they took some look at you when you were going through the airport. That's right. I don't know how I got through it, to be quite honest with you. You know, with crankshaft and bairns and pistons and everything, you know, and, and this bag, you know. And they were, they were got through all right. No bother, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the the Group Four escort, you know, you finally got to the the Holy Land as such. You know, was it? You know, you were up with the big boys. Was it comfortable progression? Well, that care wouldn't have been, you know, the real deal. You know, it was, you know, maybe two notches down from the real deal. You know, and you were always then looking for the real deal, and the real deal came in Ballina Mallard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, that car came available and up then to Berti and. Me and him tangled and wangled and whatnot, and I bought the Monte Carlo of him that time, and that that was just before the Donegal rally. Yeah, like it must only been like a few days before Donegal because you run with his livery on it that year, didn't you? That's right. Oh, it was basically just maybe three or four days before, or a week before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I couldn't get over the difference. Right. Yeah, and I remember going in starting Gary Gort, and at the very start of Gary Gort, Phil Collins remember done it one year, and he wrote off a, an Ascona on the same bump. Well, it was. The bump was non-existent in this car. Right. It was like that floor. It was oh unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it was a fantastic car. And then we went on to as far as we came to Remelton and we just had the deja vu then in Remelton. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, the down at the bottom coming out of the steering rack there's a wee knuckle and the knuckle broke and the car just slid wide and into the wall and that was the end of the yeah. rally, you know. I think there was no super rally then, that was it. That was the end of yours. Uh, was pack right up and go home. Yeah, that was it too. And I remember then after that, then when the rally was over, the car went up to McMahon's and Leatherkenny. They called it the depot. And the, we parked the car in there for, till the rally was over. And then Sidney came to me and he says to me, what are we going to do about this car? And I says, well, should we need to get it fixed. Well, he says, you need to come on up. He says, do we have a look at it? And member Bertie came up along with us, and the three of us went into the depot and we looked at the car. And Sydney says, "There's terrible. There's a wild lot of damage on it, and the car, the the, the steel that was in the car was like a coke tin, you know, because it was so light for a manty car, and it was cracked every place." And he says, "You know, by right, we would need to shell the car." And I said to him, "Gee, that's very harsh." He said, "You know, only after buying the car and whatnot." And I remember, I'll never forget to this day. Well, Fisher says, "You'll not be lost. You'll not be at the loss of it." He says, we'll work it out between us, and that was the truth. 
Yeah, we built a brand new car out of it. Yeah. Well, that showed the mark. Uh, Bertie Fisher, didn't that's, it? That's the truth. I'll never forget him to the day I die. Yeah. <gasps> that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And the, you know, for you, who's looking back now? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Oh. But you know, we see that car now. What it has become. Like, you know, there was only ever three of them Monte cars ever built. That's correct. You know, and to to say that you drove one of them, it's special. Oh, it was it was a very special car. I remember being in the house one day, and that. The snuck came to the door and I went out to the to the door and this boy explained who he was. He says, I'm from England, he says, and I'm doing the history, he says, of the Monte Carlo car that you drove. And he says, right. And he says, uh, would it be all right if I come in for it? He says, come on in, surely. And he sh- I still have them down in the garage or down in the house. He gave me the drawings of the car, all the bits and pieces that was changed on it and everything else. And... Uh, and he got me to say, he had a copy of it and he got me to sign one of them and he took it away with him then. But it was a special care. It was definitely a special care. Yeah. You know, and the, not only special history, but you created your own history with that car then as well. Yeah, I probably did, yeah. Because I remember being up, uh, I put um, your man up, supposed to the replica of it, and uh, he, he was boiled about getting me to sign different things for it and everything else. Coleman signed it and Brooks signed it and all the boys that drove the car, you know. So it was nice to be part of the history of it. That's for yeah. sure. That's yeah. for sure. And by that stage then, we have a man sitting here that was started sitting beside you as well then, Seamus McGettigan. <laughs> was that yeah. a bad day you had or what? That was the big time was coming after that. <laughs> The boys was in before that was only Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, they were the apprentice we, 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 we knew where we were going then after that. <laughs> I'll tell you, he has some memory for the roads, I'll tell you. He could, t- he could, t- he could teach you a couple of tricks, that boy. <laughs> and some in the rally car as well. As oh, well. oh we had some, me and Mac had some great successes in the rally car. Definitely had. Yeah. Hey? Oh, aye, that's right, the BMW. Uh, aye, that's right. Uh, 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 I bought it of Derek McMahon, and, and it was all, It wasn't a great car, but it was all right. Yeah. Aye, like, uh, that was a, a German car, no? That that was, oh, it was. Uh, they converted it, Star Graham and them converted it to right-hand drive. It, they, they bought it. It was a, a works German car, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I remember a story about that car. We were starting to do the Nidigal Rally, and, and, we're, and the next thing, the engine. I sent the car over to a crowd over in London by the name of Auto Extra. They were specialists in these BMWs at the time. And they rebuilt the whole car, ready for the rally and everything else. The car came home, and the next thing, the car lost oil pressure. So I rang them up, and the man says to me, oh, that's very strange and whatnot. And he says, give me a wee while, and he came back to me. And he says to me, we're thinking about going over, he says, and doing a job on a door. Have you some place that we could work? Oh, I says, I, no place, no bother here. And he says, he came back, and then he went away, and he came back. And he says, we're going to take a private plane over. And I says, right. And he says to me, is there any place near you, he says, that we could land? And there's a place down in Marigallon, we call it down Guidor, and it's just a grass strip. And the landed over, I would say, maybe about half nine in the evening. And it was dusk, and we got a, must have got a line of cars up each side of the grass strip, and the boys landed the plane on the grass strip, and they stayed for two days and rebuilt the car, and away back they went to London. Like, <laughs> what was that like back in, like, you know, the mid seventies? Like a plane coming in. It must be like a UFO landing. Oh, it must yeah. be like Martian. Or something. something you would hear, you know, you would never dream that something like this could happen. You know, but this is, these stories are all true. You know, <laughs> everywhere. You know? Yeah. yeah. But you know, but that showed that you know that 
the level was there that people were prepared to do that, you know, to get you to get you to do Donegal Rally was, to, you know, to bring a plane over from London. Like, that wasn't cheap back in the day. Not at all. It definitely wasn't, you know. And I mean, they could have turned around and said, well, you know, just send it back to us, you know, and, you know. But no, they were, they were definitely very genuine. Definitely two of them came and they rebuilt the whole thing and, you know, we'd done the rally and I think we might have finished the rally, you know. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Right. We yeah. better get back to this man here because he's a bit quiet. <laughs> you know. We better get him started here. <laughs> so, Seamus, um, you started sitting with Vincent, I suppose, the early 80s, and success started to come quite quickly. I definitely did. Uh, I'll say it started back in. Magnum was the, the first. Oh, you were in with them in the Magnum oh, as well, then, too? Yep. Uh -huh. We won the Group 1 in Wexford, was it? Do you remember that? Well, we finished six over all of it. I uh, beat McHale on it, and I remember that. don't remember. It didn't matter where you finished as long as you beat McHale. No, <laughs> Lucky enough to beat him on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the, the Sydney Meek car, you know, the GVX, like, to get the opportunity, that, like, that was the car at that stage. Which one? The GVX, the, you know, the. Oh, the, oh, the GVXers, the, the cream, dearly cream, and mm -hmm. fairness, like so someone else. Yeah. And, like, you know, the, the success that car brought you then was unbelievable. Uh, you never mind, you know, we'll not even, we haven't even got to Donegal yet, but before you just got to Donegal, Things really started to click for you. I did, I did, and I definitely had to click with that. That car, she was a brilliant car, and furnished a British car, and Betty had moved up to the Manta, and then it ended up with British second car after that was a Scona. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, like, mm. I suppose we have to mention the elephant in the room, the 83 Donegal, um, Vincent, that was, you know, talk about boyhood dreams, you know, I don't know how you would describe it, but like, yes, we're having a battle with Bertie and Austin. Like, they may have been a wee bit quicker, but you were in the hunt for it. You know, you weren't you weren't found wanting that weekend. Um, it was some battle. Oh, it was really. It was. It was. A, well, suppose the, the the biggest battle of the whole lot was the Mantis after that. But we'll talk about the, the, that battle in Donegal. I won that rally and probably shouldn't have won it, you know, because you know they by default went out and here and there. But suppose that's rallying, and if you you need to be there to pick up the pieces and whatnot, you know, and uh, I mean it was unbelievable. I'll never forget Letter Kerry Town to the day I die. You know, it's, that was just something else. And I remember, you know. We came off Atlantic Drive, and there were very little between us going into Atlantic Drive. And I remember Austin coming up to me at the start of the drive, and he looked in, and there was one of those telltale rev counters in the car, and I was revving the car to 9-3. And he says to me, you're never revving it to that. I says, that doesn't tell lies. And I, I says, uh, whatever's in it's coming out of it, you know, if she breaks, she'll break, and that'll be it. So we started the drive anyway, and we came off the drive, and I remember Mac still to this day looking round like that out the back window to see was Austin coming and, it, and the next thing I was looking at the watch and we had gone over 30 seconds and I said, I said this bother, we had, you know, he's, he, there's something happened to him and we had to go on then and we didn't realise what did happen but he must have went off or if we hit the wall or something but he got punctures anyway and 
we, that was the, we were 29 seconds or something like that ahead of him at that stage then. So we came into Letterkenny then, and I remember we started down just off the port road, out onto the middle of the main street. And I remember suddenly calling me to the back of the car, and I can still remember him with his finger like this in the boot of the car, and he says, listen now, my boy. He says, you have this rally, he says, in your pocket. And he says, this place, there's thousands of people in here today, I want no showboating. And he says, get this car round to the finish. So anyway, we started up, and anyway, we came out onto the main street. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I'll never forget. <laughs> main, with, with the whole main street to ourselves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was started off, went down the main street, and we went down to Tin Ties, and there were wee roundabout at Tin Ties. Now there were thousands of people, and I let the car out, and the next thing, the back wheel had the, 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 the car had been hit my hand like that, and I thought he had my arm broken. <laughs> to ease back and whatnot, but you couldn't, the adrenaline was there and it was just unbelievable. It came down then to the Crossview House and I'll never forget it, it was unbelievable now, definitely. I guess, like, you know, you said like the thousands of people that was there, like that shot coming down around Gallagher's Hotel as yeah. it is now, like that is an iconic Donegal shot, iconic Irish rallying shot, that shot will be still looked back in a hundred years time and still people will be saying, I was there. I don't remember, I, I, I remember we'd done the rally then when I think the club was 40 years old and they asked me to do the rally, me and McGettigan, and uh, this man came over to me outside the green and we were driving down there to start and this man came over and he had a wee boy with him about this height and he says to me, I came the whole way from Cork up to shake your hand. And I says, you did not, he says, I did, he says, I was there at Crossview House, he says, the day he says he won the rally, and I said, oh, it took me sudden up, he says, to meet you. Now, the like of that, what will never happen ever again, you know what I mean, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, you know, Mike, that 83 Donegal, like, was there a party afterwards? Last the while, anyway. Fuck it. But just in saying that, I remember the last stage at... Uh, with our service area down in Downs, and uh, of course he went out and there's Malcolm Smith, and you said to him, uh, tell me this, what can that guy rave to? She was nine and a half, <laughs> pulled that lavender off her, <laughs> and I remember Betty winking over at me, and Jesus, there's going to be a ham in here somewhere along the line, and we started that stage. And he had the steering wheel, a good slap at the start. He says, see that band coming behind me? It's the last time he's really met me on a stage. <laughs> but I was waiting to see the passengers going out to the bathroom. Through the bonnet. <laughs> she was just like a chainsaw. <laughs> Flat out. <laughs> Great memories to have. Oh, they're unbelievable memories to have, you know. <laughs> Uh, and there, were, like, there was another character that weekend too, the, the white t-shirt. Like, oh. That's synonymous. Like, I think there's, there's more people knows about that white t-shirt than, I think than anything else I've ever seen. That's right. There were no such thing as rally suits or nothing, you know. And there were a big hole down the side of it, you know, and people don't realise that. But it was so, I was so big, and they were so, it was so comfortable to wear. You know, just oh, unbelievable. And yeah. do you have it kept in a special place oh, now? I don't know where it is now, to be honest. <laughs> 
Uh, it was a regret like that for keeping stuff, you know. I was, you know. And afterwards, now when I look back at all those things, those cars I should have kept and never sold and all that, yeah. you know, they were, they were worthless, you know. Or mm -hmm. They were worth so much money, you know. Aye, yeah. but I suppose it was always you were looking to the next car. That's right. You couldn't you afford to keep it no. at the time, uh -huh. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Aye. But like after Donegal, one in Donegal, like you know, they touched on it there. There must have been some party afterwards. Oh, it was a party for a fortnight or three weeks. You know, they were, they were a cavalcade forever. You know, I was living in Lecce at the time. And we came down onto the Gibara Bridge and the band was there and there were hundreds and hundreds of people in it. And it was like that from we went to, right down through the whole of the Rosses and right over to the, to the bridge in Crawley and back in home. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. 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 That was as good as Donegal won the whole Ireland. Better, yeah, you mentioned they put up a big stage and everything in the town for a presentation and whatnot. Yeah, oh, it was class, definitely was class. Brilliant. And like being the first Donegal man to win it, like James Collins is here as well. Like James yeah. was the, the COC that year as well. That's right. And That's correct. James, um, uh, maybe we're, James, it would have been pretty special then to, to welcome a, a Donegal man onto the, to the, the ramp as winners. Uh, at that time, probably, you know, you were young and uh, naive, so you took on to run the rally. <laughs> and the next best thing was to see, to be there the, the, the night, like, particularly Seamus from the town. And <clears throat> Vincent, who I kind of admired growing up at that time, like to be COC for that event. And um, it's one of the iconic ones, really, because it's the first Donegal crew that won it. And that's, as Seamus uh, always reminds me, he says, nobody remembers the second man went up Everest. <laughs> So the boys were the first like so and to be the first is the first like and uh, just the stories tonight. I remember hearing lots of those like that's what got me the interest in rallying. Uh, you know, planes flying and uh, anti Donalo and boys building engines and like that was folklore, that was you know, you couldn't read it in the comic books that was happening down Donalow. So uh, you know, they're all the things that got you interested in the whole thing and um Vincent and PJ, Derry McMahon, Robert Ward were the guys who we all looked up to, or they were the guys who were rallying. Uh, and we, when we were looking at this from the from the ditches to watch it, like, and it was your own dream to be there, obviously. But they were the guys who ploughed the furrow, uh, the first, uh, and they've, you know, th that's the history of the sport. Uh, Vincent's part of the human side of that. He's been there from day one. Uh, Donegal Motor Clubs well respected everywhere and like there's lots of people that's great to see this uh, there's lots of people who don't know where we came from how it all started uh, the stories the memories and uh, what what those leading guys did for our sport back then and just like all i want to say is uh, like we would have admired vincent obviously in the circuit going to the circuit of ireland then like from sunday from donegal to go to the circuit of ireland for five days was unheard of and so that was our mission was to follow it and, and see it through, like, <clears throat> and uh, for me personally, we would have been somebody we would have, would have admired, obviously. Uh, got to know him then as a competitor, but that's uh, pains. It's not as good as what um, my biggest thing would be. That would be respect for Vincent. He spoke there someone about Bertie Fisher. Uh, I end up getting that eighty-three one in car, and uh, it was a fair bit of going to get it gathered up at the time, and the engine went on it on the way home. Uh, we decided to drove it down from Meeks to run it in. Uh, the engine light came on, this is about a week before the rally, like, and it, you, know, you can imagine that like, we're in the dumps. 
Rang Vincent. <coughs> ah, right, okay. He says, leave that with me. I'll be back to you. Uh, and that's the making of the man. That's what the man has. Uh, a week later, we had a new engine in the car, and the car went to Donegal. And so, you know, we say talks talk, but actions speak louder than any words, and that's the mark of the man. And to me, thank you. Thank you very much. Vincent, to hear like, you know, James Cullen there speak so highly of you, uh, you know that you ploughed the furrow as such for you know for you know for him and you know all the other generations come on behind that then and then to do that you know for the engine blue you like you done the same as what Bertie had done a couple of years earlier for you you weren't going to leave a man behind. Well, you know when you're in that kind of position yourself down through the years, you know you realise you know that you meet a lot of boys on the way up, but you know you must remember the boys on the way down too. So you know that's. You know, you, you can't be straight about something, you forget about it, you know. Yeah, that's for sure, that's for sure. So the, the escort was gone, <coughs> and back to Bertie again then, looking for about the Ascona. That's correct, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we went back up, and maybe up two or three times, anyway, but <laughs> we, always, we always went back. And uh, I remember when we went up the last time, I just opened the, open, open the glove box, and he opened the glove box, and I says, whatever it is to say, that's you're getting it, and I'm going home with it. And, I, and that's what happened, I went home with it, and that, that was the, the start of the mantis then. Yeah. Aye, and the, the, the two years went, went away from the deal happy then? Did you oh, have yeah, everybody was happy leaving, yeah. yeah. No question uh, about it. And the, the Scona, they were a great car too. Oh, c class car. Yeah, great car. I remember uh, we were going terribly well in it and uh, went up to Lurgan Park and <laughs> had a big tree. <laughs> <laughs> the car went back to Sydney anyway and Sydney says, needs a shell. He <laughs> 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 says, right, needs a shell, needs a shell. So he says, leave it what men would see anyway. So he went on to the crowd in England and they had, they had nothing. And they told him that it would be better to go on to the crowd in Germany and see what they had. So he landed out in Germany and uh, he went up anyway into the yard. And your man says, well, there's one shell up in the back of the yard. And he says, after that, there's no, no more. And suddenly went up and he came on the shell and he says, right, we'll take it. And your man says, take it. He says, I don't want nothing for it. You give me the shell free. And that's gospel, yeah. And he came and he rebuilt that car. And we had it for the start of the circuit of Ireland, myself and Rory. And uh, I remember we were leading Castlereagh too that year as well. And lost concentration and put it off. And yeah, was that it was brand new for that. Yeah, but yeah. like that, you know, that was obviously matter over in Germany. Like they were, that was where the shells were coming out of for you know the Rothmans, Mantas, the Escondas. Yeah. That was yeah. that was the works car. That was the M sport of its day. Oh, that was the cars. And, and remember, he 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 changed the whole when they fabricated it back in Ballinamallard. They changed the whole inner balances of it and everything and made it exactly like a manta at that time because Bertie had, he was after get starting the manta and they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rory, um, we'll get a quick word with Rory about that there, Circuit Ireland as well. <laughs> Rory, like that, what, like, you know, we talked about, you know, the adventures of the Circuit Ireland, like, you know, it was a, a rally, you know, there was two or three rallies within a rally there, really. Uh, well, that was one of the one of the classic circuit irons came back in the day. I think it was '86, Vincent. But um, I remember before I before that I was rallying with James McDade. Had done quite a lot of rallies, and we were competing against James uh, James Cullen and Vincent James Cullen, or James McDade and I. And then one day out of the blue, Vincent said to me, "Would you uh, would you be available for the circuit Ireland? 
Man, they freaking had a heart attack. Vincent Bonner asked me to do the circuit in Ireland, but I couldn't wait to get home to tell my father at home Vincent Bonner asked me to do the rally. But anyway, um, that car was brand new, Vincent. That was the new Mant or Scona we had for it. And great, I still can see it sitting up in Meeks, eh? how beautiful that car was. Eh? And I think um, Ian Cuddy and Norman and um, who else? Maybe Kevin. Kevin Hardy and stuff was with us on that rally. Like, but we had a brilliant run. We were running sixth place for the most part of that rally. And I think on the Monday morning somewhere about Kilkenny, we ended up off the road. But look, it was a fantastic rally and a fantastic car and obviously fantastic driver. Yeah, and like that, you know, that was the Group B era. Like the the four-wheel drive cars were there. The Works Fords, the RS2, like uh, Lovell and Grundle was there. You had the Metro, like Llewellyn, all them guys. You know, it was again, as we said earlier, the cream of the cream was there. Back then, and obviously the Irish Championship as well. And even to be mixing it among them, you know, it showed the caliber driver Vincent was like. And we wrecked that whole circuit, Vincent, if you remember right, like, and it was a huge undertaking, like, and we had a very good team and very well organised, and everything was going, from the very first stage, everything was going really good. We were having a good battle with Louise Aikenwalker as well, if you remember right. She was very, she was very much in the frame back in the, in the day as well, like, but, but sure, even if you look, you probably can't see behind you there, it's below here, but every picture comes up there, eyes. Right? An epic car on an epic stage, you know, on an epic rally somewhere throughout Ireland, like or Dynaman, or so. I think that's actually Dynaman there. Like, so it's you had an incredible career, Vincent, and I was very proud the wee bit that I was involved with you, and you know it was a great opportunity. And as Neely said earlier, you know, it was, he was very thankful for it, and I can assure you, I'm very thankful for it too. Excellent, thank you very much, there, Rory. Like another wee thing we should touch on was 85 Donegal, the very, I think it was one of the first stages, Tony Pond was over in the metro, and uh, was it Glen Doe uh, that you were went into it and the, 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 the red mist came down and you were going hard and you caught Phil Collins, I think it wasn't it, on the stage? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, we started uh, Glen Doe and uh, I don't think I came out of fifth gear till it was baby. I caught Phil Collins on the stage, to be quite honest with you, because I know it like the back of my hand, and you know, go out and let it get you. And uh, I mind the only car that beat me on it was Tony Pond with the Metro. He beat me by nine seconds. And uh, about, say, three to four miles before the end of the stage, it's a terrible, narrow place. And I caught Phil Collins and, and uh, just couldn't, he probably didn't see me and I couldn't get past, you know. But I remember the, all the glass and the lights and everything else was at 100 pieces, you know, trying to stay up close that he would think that he would see me to get past, you know. But uh, we done, I think we'd done it twice. We'd done much similar timing at the two times because I knew it was well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the, the the metro that that was the, the you know the, the the birth of the month or the metro that day, like and that car remember Pond retiring quite early on and his own and animal style saying to Plum Tindall, uh, you know the throttle stuck open and oh, was she going fast? Ah, oh, she geared for 147 mile an hour or something. You know those were like this was taking rally into a whole new level. This was no, way beyond the month as the scone as the escorts and all that. Oh, right? without a shade of a doubt, you know, and the like of Glendon, that's the stretch on it so long and you can see it with your eye for so long that I mean, he would have been up at that kind of speed would it on it on that stage, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh they were they were something else, definitely. That's for sure, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh -huh. 
Yeah, aye, 104 over a stage like that is unreal. And like, you just weren't far behind it then, Jim. It was only nine seconds. You just must have been touching the 100. Uh, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> and then, um, 87 then was a big year then for you too. That was, you, you put a big effort into it. You started in the, the Tarmite Championship and the National Championship both that year. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the year I won the National Championship. Yeah, yeah, 87. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a big year, yeah. And, and was that like a, a like a, a concentrated effort at the start of the year? Was it in in the mindset to you know to get a full season of rally? Because up to that, you had really been doing maybe three, maybe five events every year. Yeah, that was right. But probably maybe you know had a good run, maybe in a, maybe one or two of the national rallies at the start of the year, and then that kind of put it in my mind, you know, to try and you know see could have won it, and eventually we did win it. We had a good run, didn't we? Definitely had. Yeah. Yeah, and that you took the championship. Poor Rory was sitting with you the whole year, bar the last round. <laughs> That's correct. The last, the last round was down in my own. And whatever Rory, he couldn't do it anyway. And a fellow by the name of Kevin Kiley, Rory, a friend of Rory's, he sat on and we won the rally. We won it. And that we won the national championship down in Mayo. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that proved probably without, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, the talent was there, the speed was there. And, you know, that must have given you great satisfaction. You know, you were fast anywhere in the country. You know, nobody could say, oh, it's just a Donegal specialist or whatever kind of thing. You could go anywhere and be quick. Well, was, you know, we, we just didn't stick to Donegal. We went down the country a lot and we had all very, very good results. But in saying that, you know, we had a good team behind us as well. You know, we Sydney was running us all that time. And I mean, top men with him all the time. He was running for sure. And he, the, he was getting information from. Uh, the Vauxhall team, and other than that, probably wouldn't be, you know, be able to do it. The car was a hundred percent every time it was presented out, you know, to me, and so uh, it was as good as a new car every time you stepped time, up. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I mean, we had we had all the information that the works boys had, you know, and, and a lot a lot of boys that we were competing against, you know, they had some similar cars, but they wouldn't the cars weren't being near as good as you know the works car, and we had all that information, which was a big big help to That's us. That's for you know? sure. And there's some of these them boys here tonight, and I think Connor will get a, grab a word with some of them. Um, we might start with Robbie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was involved on a few events with Vincent. It was a, an honour to be working with him. To be honest with you, he's a great guy. Um, but he was saying there that he had always had the best of machinery, but I, I can correct you there one, on that one, Vincent. There was a, a bad misfire in the Ascona for a long time, and the engine was sent away to Swinton, was rebuilt, came back, and the misfire was still there. Jesus, make that fucking car still misfire. <laughs> but we went to the, the Cork 20 rally, and this misfire raised its head again, and we took the car up and down the road half the night and as Johnny Crosby says there was a free state pipe on her and the noise <laughs> in fact we were going past the travellers too often and they came out and started throwing stones at us because <laughs> of the noise which you can understand um, but uh, during the rally this misfire was still here and uh, halfway through the rally Bertie went off the road so we cannibalized his car and we stole the carburetors of it. And the next thing, Jesus, make that misfires away now. <laughs> <laughs> so there was lots of, lots of days we got, lots of great memories and great fun. 
that's for sure. And maybe one of the other boys will speak there now. Hello. <laughs> Gary, you're going to say a few words now as well? A lot of good memories. A few bad ones. Mostly good. <laughs> Some wild parties. Vincent uh, Brothers is a gentleman. And I don't often tell lies. I remember one day, I think he was buying the mantle at the time, landed his knees and uh, started to do the deal. And I think they bought the car, trailer, van, a lot on it. And went to write the check on it. And uh, Sydney was a bit dubious about this. Uh, so Vincent says, uh, should have been dead all the time. Phone the bank manager here. So Vincent phoned the bank and come back off the phone. They said they asked him, well, how did that go? So he is just reminded him how much money I'm spending. I said, Sydney, the price of the car. I said, you know, I said, in the last three months uh, between new trawlers and new large has spent nearly seven million. <laughs> and Connor, maybe some of the, some of the other boys want to say a word or two there? They're all been very quiet. Good man, Adrian. Well, uh, Vincent, congratulations on the night you have here tonight. Uh, I had a few experiences with Vincent throughout uh, my career rallying. Uh, one, it was one Donegal rally, he was in this Monta, I think it was, and uh, Kevin, he thought that he would do the suspension on it and check it over, so his son John come down for me on, the, I think it was a Friday morning, I went up anyway, the rally was starting on Friday. Saturday morning, we were in the mark doing the service, and Finson came in and he says, Geez, he says, that car you caught in fucking driver, and them bumpy roaches everywhere. So we got a flat place in the cattle mart, and we got the line of the plates and cambers of Kenny McKinstry, and got it set up, and away he went, and he'd done his three stages, whatever. And uh, just before that, Austin McHale was there in his BMW. And he says to me, what way do you think we'll fare out with that BMW? I just say, Vincent, you'll beat him in that BMW. But anyway, we got the suspension sorted, and away he went, and he came in after three stages, and he says, well, Vincent, what way are you going now? Jesus says, you clean spoutings in a two-story house with her now. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, on that rally, he went on, he was leading the rally, and I think it was the last stage, me and Kevin were sitting out at the end of the stage, McHale came out, no, no Vincent. So about seven or eight minutes later, or maybe ten minutes later, Vincent would come out. And he says, what happened to you, Vincent? He says, go over one of them big jumps, and he says, you just died. And we messed about, took the distributor cap off, and here the rotor arm had broke. Some lad up the road had a Monte 400 or a Schooner, they were all the same. He boarded, gave it to Vincent, put it on the way he went. And I had that rotor arm for years, but unfortunately, I can't find it to present it for you tonight. But anyway, <laughs> there was lots of horror stories. One other day, we went to do a rally and uh, realized we had no fuel. 
and we had to borrow the jerry can of Dan Daly in the Nissan 240 he was driving. So we followed him down the road before the start of the stage. Kevin was holding up the boot lid. I was putting in the fuel. Finishing, he couldn't wait on getting away. He took off, the boot lid came down, hit me in the forehead <laughs> and opened me out and away I went. But then that was some, there were some great, uh, some great stories and some great rallies with Finson. Congratulations, Finson, on your night. Thank you. Thank you very much. Connor, maybe, maybe just grab a wee quick word there with Kevin Hurley as well. Kevin, great times? Uh, very good times. Great, great man to have service for. But we were, down, we were down in Killarney one year and um, Vincent had, had uh, the Monza axle in the, in the car, but we had no spare axle. We got a spare axle of Pat Kirk. It was in the van first. Sarah's spares. But uh, <laughs> down in I goes down in, what do you call it, the Castletown Bear, and the uh, axle went in the car anyway. And Vincent says, I'm not putting that axle into the car. I said, we said, geez, you have to put the axle into the car. He said, no, I'm not putting it in. He says, he says I'll let out the clutch. He says, and the pig head will go land in the butter. He says, <laughs> <laughs> so, we had the whole thing. Brian and Liz was there. The whole rally was over. We were boarding up to go. I said, Jesus, Vincent, I said, we'll come down here. We have an axle in the car. Put it in, and we'll see how we go. And Rory says, do you know what you do, boys? Toss a coin. So he tossed the coin, and I came up, Trump, <laughs> so with the axle into the car, and away we went. I think it was a couple of stages after, Bertie went out. We got the axle of his car then, put into it, and I think you made a finish second, was it? Second overall. So that was, was some great stories. That was a, a, so I was lucky that the coin fell in his favour that day. <laughs> exactly, I suppose. Yeah. And, and, Rory, that the 87 campaign, like, you yes, were going great until you just got to Kerry and then you just had a run-in with the guards down there. Uh, Connor's just going to hand you the mic here now. And, and Circuit of Kerry, and I think it was part of the national championship that year. And uh, we are going very well in the championship and we were leading the Circuit of Kerry rally, two-day rally. I think Ian got in always with us, not on Ian. Um, <laughs> but we are leading anyway and uh, going from the second last to the last stage. We come up through this wee town, I can't quite remember what the name was, and just as we're coming out through the town, we're the very first rally car on the road, and just as we're coming out through the exit of the town, the next thing this guard jumped out from behind a bush and stopped us in the middle of the road and came over, and he looked at the tires and he says, they're ball tires on this car. Of course, they were slick tires, like what everybody used in the rally. But could we get through to this car that these, were these weren't slick tires, these were slick tires and better than whatever road tires. So anyway, the, the guard gave us a very hard time, Vincent, didn't they? And as we were being prose prosecuted, all the other cars were driving past, heading to the stage. Like, so we had been leading, and um, of course, our time was evaporating away because the guard was giving us such a hard time. So eventually, we got cleared off on the way. We went like only Vincent Boner can go in the road sections, like <laughs> <laughs> down into the stage, and we arrived down and flying up the start line and the whole stressful affair, getting the helmets on, getting everything sorted and 3-2, this is the very last stage of the rally, 3-2-1 going way down the stage and we are probably going too fast, Vincent, when we looked back at her and we came into a tight corner, we missed the corner completely and we freaking had an outhouse on the outside of a corner and not only did we hit it but the whole thing fell down top of the car then and the car was freaking wrecked in the very last stage of the rally, it was very much a downer that day. Do you remember that, Vince? I remember it well. Everything went, whole coordination, everything went. Still thinking about your man. 
remember. Say the guard was called some nice names, was he, on the way home? Oh no, it's wild. But, but you went on to win the. Ch- you had some great rallies after that, and we won a good few of the national rallies that year. Yeah, and we did. Uh, I think we did. We won a lot of them that time. We won Sligo, I think, as well. That time. Yeah. I remember Kevin and me at the Sligo rally. I was sitting on with Vincent and I, we won the rally, part of the championship that year, and we went out, out for a feed afterwards and so on. And then Vincent, in the middle of the whole thing, says, Right, I'm away home. <laughs> we says, Can't go home. The prize given's on at 10 o'clock or whatever. And he's not, I'm going home. He says, You and Kevin can pick up the trophies. And we're thinking, You're off your head. You're, you know, you have to stay. Well, he jumped on his BM and took off up the road. <laughs> Left me and Kevin to clean the road. So when the Sligo rally called out, the winners, it was me and Kevin. No, no. <laughs> was, was that the year of the thunder and lightning? That's correct. <laughs> well, that, was, that was a bad year that year. Yeah, that was the first time that I, that I met uh, Andrew Nesbitt. He had a G3 escort that time, and uh, well, he went wild hard in it. And, but we won the rally, but he was second. And uh, I remember it started thunder and lightning, and oh, I had terrible fear for it. The sweat would just run off my hands when, the ne- when I would hear the bang or see the light. And uh, John was with me, and uh, I says, I'm away home. You can wait and collect the prize. Yeah. Oh, sometime. Uh, John, like, them were great days. Like, you know, for you to be you know, a young fella in the middle of this, like, this must have been, like, I don't know, like, every day must be nearly Christmas, every time there's a rally on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably going back... When I really started to watch the rally, was like I was 13 when he won the rally in 83, and I had no way out. I don't think my mother was driving at the time, and I went out at uh, Michael, his brother. He was watching the rally on the Saturday, and I went out to watch it with him. And on the Saturday evening, they were leading the rally, and of course, she wanted to go out the next day. And then Michael had to go to Japan, he was selling fish at the time, so I had no way out. And I can remember yet uh, uh, a friend of mine, his father took us out, Philip and Letcher took us out, and I can remember I often go to it going to Russell Penna, one place, the Glen stage finished on the downing side, and I can remember sitting, there was a field on the right hand side, and there was a big humpback, or a big bump, and then a, squ- a square left just before the end of the stage, and I remember sitting in that field, every time I pass it, I takes back memories of it. But that was probably my first time uh, going to see the rallies. And then from then on, uh, Jerry, I got on board with Jerry and I could, I could read the map at that stage. And we used to, we went all over the place. Jerry would collect me. A couple of funny stories with Jerry were uh, the day of the, was it 1987? Yeah, I was on my leave insert. And the rally was starting on the Friday and I was finishing my exam. <laughs> And when I finished the exam, I obviously I left early. And when I went out, Jerry was sitting at the top of the school, <laughs> ready for me to go away to the rally. So, you know what I mean? The interest was always there, and it, it followed on from then. And like you know, for you know, to see what this man was doing, like he was at the top of the game. Like you know, he was comparable with the Fishers, the McHales of the day. Like that, you know, we can't underestimate the you know the effort that was going on. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And. Like, as you say, you got to meet the other famous people at the time, you know what I mean? I was in awe of Bertie Fisher and Austin McHale and James Cullen and all these fellas, you know what I mean, that they were all racing together with. And at that time, you know what I mean, crowd control was it was different. And you were going and you were watching those 15 cars and you were heading, when I started driving myself, you were heading away and you were trying to get every stage because you were trying to see him on the stage, you know what I mean? And the answers was fantastic. That's for sure. And then, you know, it's going to finally give way to the Manta. And, like, great success in the Manta as well then, too. And, like, one interesting year I always thought was, um, excuse me, 87. The the year that Mark Lovell came over. 
and like James Cullen and the uh, were um, sorry, James and Mark Lovell were having a great ding dong battle. But yourself and no, that was sorry, it was actually eighty eight, and uh, yourself and Bertie were having a great ding dong that year as well. Uh, Bertie had moved to the Sierra by that stage, and you were in the Manta. And it was interesting. Just the the second, third, and fourth cars were all Bertie's ex cars. Yeah, that's correct. I remember that. You know, I, I think we were someplace down the country. Rory was sitting, I think, with Bertie, and 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 that red car at uh, Sierra, and uh, oh, just it was a, they were in a different league then. It was after that then I kind of lost interest and says, you know, I would need to get into a four wheel drive car and couldn't afford it then at that stage. So. Yeah. That was the end of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like, you know, to to be battling with Bertie, like, you know, I think it was something like eleven seconds cover you at the finish, and like Donegal back then was probably thirty something stages. Eleven seconds was nothing. It was like a, a like a, a spin or like a, you know, a run wide out a corner. Oh, it's, uh, the the one that's the, probably the one I should have won was nineteen ninety, that that the two BMWs and I had the Manta. That, that was a phenomenal year. I led the rally from the start that time, and then I remember it was tit for tat all the time. There were never more than eight seconds between the three cars, and I remember going down. We were doing Fanet, and Seamus Boyle was sitting with me, and we started. We'd done the stage in whatever time we'd done it, and then we went back to repeat it. And I says to him, wonder is there any place in here we could get another second or two? And he says, Jesus, I don't know. And he says to me, well, there is maybe one place, he says, <coughs> before, when you come across the street and you turn right down to the lake, just before you come to the hairpin down to the lake, there's a bump. And he says, the last time you went to, we went to it, he says, you break before the bump. He says, maybe if you could leave the brake in a wee bit later there. And I left the brake in a wee bit later, which was too late. I, over, I overshot and I, lo- and I dropped 14 or 15 seconds. And uh, the next thing, we kept plugging away and plugging away and had them back down to, I think, eight. And the next thing, the rotor arm broke. <laughs> again. <laughs> again. Again is right. Yeah, and it's funny that previous year the rotor arm broke on the, on the Manta at the exact same place the year before. I know. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't write it, you know. It's the same bump in the same corner. Yeah. Yeah. But the, that 91, like, that's going to go down in the, the history books as one of the you know, all-time best Donegals. As you say, there was eight seconds separating the top three for most of the weekend. Like It was a second here, a second back, you know, and like... For even at the finish, like Bertie and Austin were only, I think there was only one second really in it. It was I think Austin won by nine, but uh, uh, Bertie had got a time penalty for you know something. That, so like, there was really only one second. Like three hard days of rallying, that's amazing to be one second between them. And as you say, you should have been really been in that mix as well. I, I never forget it. I mean, I remember we went out. With, I don't know whether this. I think it must have been the Sunday morning and it was wet, and I think Muckish was one of the, maybe the first stage, and. Uh, Austin, no, he just lost the head completely on, on Muckish. And the, I remember talking to Dermot O'Gorman at the end of it, and he went over the bump, and the car went up so far, and it came down, and he hit the front grill on the wall. Yeah. That's how, how you know, it was, that's the way we drove the whole... St- and I remember the, the, the then we'd done La Fern, and we'd done it twice. And I remember the first time, I think Bertie was a second quicker than me, and the second time, I was a second quicker than him. You know, that's, that's the way we did that, that. That was one of the best rallies I would say ever done. Yeah, yeah. and like, you know, yeah. that whole season, like you had lost a, a, a ball of weight up to, you know, coming into that season. Yeah. That was probably, 
one of your best seasons ever in a rally car. Oh, I would say definitely it was, yeah. <laughs> I remember when down we'd done the West Cork rally, myself and Rory, and Ross, he was down testing the VM, and I think he was going to the Circuit of Ireland with it, and I don't think they, could let, they would allow him to put the big wheels on the back of it, and he was down just with the ordinary wheels, and we were, say, after four or five stages, we had maybe 15 or 20 up on him, and the next thing he came in, he told the boys to go off the wheels, but on the big ones. <laughs> 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 he wasn't going to let Bonner beat him, was he? That's right, that's right. But I mean, before this, I would just go, I, I never tested a car in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and I think maybe once Bertie was down muckish and I went down, and I remember Joe Friel got in with me and we put the car off down at the bridge, and, <laughs> and that was the only time I ever tested a car. Sydney always took the car in the trailer to Letterkenny, and I would get in at the Port Bridge and drive it up to Harley's or wherever I was staying, and start the rally. And that was yeah. you, you were I, happy I never, you know, <laughs> And uh, that time we went down, he was down testing, and I, it was, I lost maybe four or five stone before that rally. But the difference it made to me was unbelievable. Ah, yeah. You felt that you know, every, t- every time, every <laughs> stage. I used to be out walking, you know, and that, trying to get fit and whatnot, and I had to keep doing that with my hand, no power steering. Oh, yeah. My fingers would seize <laughs> up, you know, trying and driving it, yeah. <laughs> oh, some memories for it now. Yeah. And then you, you know you talked about you know the the grow for rallying was you know starting to slip away. So you, you made the decision to sell up the man the, and the man here in the audience, Kieran McAllen, bought the car then off you. That's right. No, well, uh, 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 I sold. I think I sold it to. to was it Vincent Mead that sold it the first one to down in Kerry? Was that? How come I got went down and bought one of him? Ah, that's right. I remember. I sold it all, and I wanted to go back to it again. Yeah, yeah I, no, it was. And I, I up and asked him would he sell the car, and he says, "Do you really want to do it?" And I says, "I do." And I sent him down then, and he met him, and he took back the car and rebuilt the car for the next year again. Yeah, it was yeah. hard to stay away. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I say '91. Then you know, you'd, you'd wanted to do a four-wheel drive. That was something you wanted to do before you finished up, and you you, you thought you had a deal done with John Price for the Metro. That's right. Uh, I had no car at the time then, and uh, I had sold the car to Kieran, and I said, you know, it would be nice to do it. And, and we had the deal and everything done, and he was ready to come over and whatnot. And I think maybe a week or le- less than a week before the rally, and he rang me and says, no, it's not on. So I never done it. That was the end of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was it was strange. The car appeared in Donegal, and you not behind the wheel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, Kieran was good enough. Then you know you went back to Kieran and says you wanted to do the rally, and Kieran was that's more than willing to help you. More than nice. More mm-hmm. than nice. <gasps> yeah. Oh, but that's the way we were at mm-hmm. the time. You know. Connor, maybe grab a wee quick word there with Kieran because he has a story to tell about that. Oh, right, right. <coughs> <coughs> I don't like embarrassing you, Vincent, but I never really got paid for that <laughs> hire. <laughs> no, Vincent uh, was selling his manta and got good to the late Barry Fisher and myself went up. And uh, went out to the garage. Started walking around the car. What do you want for the car, Vincent? One axe. Offered an axe. Kept going around the car, around the car. 
Und ich habe ja Menschen Over the minimum offer. And Bertie was walking past the bonnet of the car. And he had it with his palm of his hand. She says, Vincent, he's selling the car, you know. And Vincent was walking past the bonnet. And he hit it, the bonnet. Right, he says, the car sold. Gar sold and John delivered the car. Never was asked for a penny deposit, one thing or another. I have to say, an absolute gentleman to do business with and an absolute gentleman to have known. Thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you. Thank you. And the, you know, there were. Back in them days, there was no credit checks or nothing. It was a shake of the hand, and that was oh, the deal done. That, that, your, your handshake was your bond. Yeah. That was the bond, uh -huh. yeah. But the Donegal 91, you, you still, you know, you finished third after being out of the car for a year at that stage. Yeah. Uh, but that was it. You decided to hang up the, the boots. That was the end of it then. <laughs> that was the end of it. And you're, you were able to step away, and did you, did you miss it, or...? I didn't look at rallying, I would say, for 25 years afterwards. <gasps> Wouldn't even look at stage time, nothing, and no interest whatsoever. No, if the <gasps> rally was going down by the end of the year, you would have hardly went no, down the list. That's the truth, I wouldn't even go to look at it. That's okay. the truth, yeah. That was then, then. And then, 2011, the motor club come to you? That's right, and, and, and decided that the, they wanted somebody, they wanted to get somebody to, you know, to kind of mark the 40th, and they were taught about different people and whatnot, and then some of the club members said, why not ask the two boys to come back and do it? And that's what they hired a car, well, I hired a car then, if you're a man of um, Callum Duffy, mm -hmm. and me and Seamus done it that year then, yeah. And Seamus, from your point of view, getting back into the car after all those years out, was it just like getting back, you know, slipping back 10 years later? It turned out it was 30 years later, but it, did it feel natural to get back in behind the wheel? Made no difference to him at all. <laughs> <laughs> same, same thing. Just like putting on a pair of gloves, just go on well, again. The, the car was just different. The complete, you know, so Mark II Escort right now, but a complete different to the old GVX. You know, the great car. Yeah, like Vincent, the cars had come on so much. Like that was a, a Mallington 2.5, you know, the sequential box, all the bells and whistles. She was no BDA. I remember when there was a car in Monaghan that was supposed to, they were going to hire that for me, and that I said, no, just. Uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather a better car than that car. And uh, the next thing, Rory heard about it, and he says to me, I think you know who you might get a good car. And I swear, and he says, there's a fellow, you know, specialises in the Mark II Escorts, this fellow by the name of Barry Dan McKenna, up in Mahara. And I says, right. And he must have rang him then, and he asked him, they had he any car? And Barry rang me and he says, I hear you're looking for a car. And I says, I am. And he says, I run a filly. He says, out of mull by the name of Callum Duffy. And he says, his car will be available. He says, if you want it. So the three of us, me and him and John, went up to Barry's and the car was down the corner and took the cover off it and looked at it. And oh, geez, it was totally different altogether. I never I seen, you know, it was... 2.5 and it was sequential box. I never, I was only the gear lever man at this <laughs> all my life and whatnot. And uh, 
the next thing is just to get away for a run and to get for a run and that shit was so strange. You could there's power steering and whatnot and could make nothing of it. And then anyway, I says right, well, whatever. And he says, we'll come up some evening. And he says, we'll take it over the road. He says, a place over here. He says, and we'll test it. And I says, right. So I landed up and got into the car and done a couple of runs and anyway, and over and back and over and back. And then I started to get giddy with it and thinking, what it was, you know, that I was, I was young. I was, I was better than I was. And uh, the next thing, there's a there's a bump beside Phyllis House by the name of John Bugg's house. And I remember Barry, and he was standing in the field along with Gavin Malloy. And I came round the corner, and the next thing lost the car and had well, terrible struggling to get it straightened up and hold on to it anyway. So I remember Barry coming to me later, and he says to me, I, t- I said to Gavin Malloy, he says, that car will never see the end of the Donegal rally. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway... What happened, or what? What I wasn't used to power steering, and you can adjust it. And I didn't. They never said to me that you could adjust it. And they added up full, and it was like driving my road car now. You know, the steering was so light in it. And when I corrected it, over corrected, and had it really gathered up. You know, yeah. But uh, yeah, we got on good in it. We had a great, great rally in it. Definitely. Aye, it was really reeling in the years, wasn't it? Like you, you know, you s- the period just seemed to slot back in. The time started to come. Yeah, I remember that when the first service we came in, we were 40 at overall, and there were maybe 160 cars in the thing, and Jesus, Dan says, you're going wild hard, and I said, not at all, sure, I'm only 40, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I should, I thought I should have been up, up along with the boys at the front, but uh, we came on to it then after a while, and we enjoyed it, you know, it was a great crack, you know? yeah. I, and then also, you know, you get the opportunity to do a couple of rallies in the, the Tuncam as well. Towards That's the right. Uh, I remember Donald McCall and Paddy, the butchers we call him, Paddy Boyle, and uh, he came to me and he says, uh, you should take the Tuncam for a run. And uh, we went down to Clare and we got on all right and it had no bother, but uh, that, that was never the same, you know, once I went away from him to come back to it. it was, you know, it was over at that yeah. stage. And yeah. you've done Claire, but you've had to do the harvest. But was there something? You didn't get a photograph. That's <laughs> correct. Yeah. Donald says to me, we never got no photograph. And I said, sure, we'll do another one. Then we'll get, we'll get a photograph. <laughs> so we've done the harvest then after that. That's right. <laughs> Maybe we'll grab a quick word with Ryan and Donald there now too. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Lochran uh, is here. Ryan, I would say from you, you've seen this man getting in behind the, the wheel of the 2.5 car, you, were, you didn't know what was coming next. I would suppose I'll, I'll touch on the, the subject of the, the test there again. Um, I remember that evening quite well. Um, Vincent done a run or two across the road. I do believe he didn't even have a helmet with him um, to test the car. And uh, he'd done the one, one or two runs across easy and uh, turned around to come back that third time or fourth time, whatever it was. And, um, he went by John Bugg's house and <laughs> the car nearly beat him. And um, I remember Barry saying that uh, the car never make make the Sunday evening at Donegal. But fair play to them that weekend. Um, they did they made the Sunday evening at Donegal. She might have just looked the same as she left on on Thursday, but they only made it home. And it, it was good to be part of it. To be fair, it was it was good. Yeah, and like you know, you know how hard Donegal is. Like it's a it's a hard, difficult event for the the two guys. You know after so many years to step back in and set the times they did, it's, it was very impressive. For someone to be to be out of the car for so long and to get into a, a modern day car now that's 
totally, totally different to, to what likes of fencing then would have been used back then, as he said, sequential gearbox. I'm um, not sure if that car had paddle shift or not, but power steering, 15 inch wheels, brakes, it's just, it was a total, total different car, and to set the times and, and be as quick as they were over the weekend was achievement in its own. Yeah. And like Vincent, did you give him a few tips then for never he won the, the National then a couple of years later? Uh, oh yeah, no, I'll give that boy a few tips. <laughs> oh, that boy, that's natural there. <laughs> that's for sure. And Donal, Donal's here as well too, we'll grab a quick word with Donal as well. Donal, like, you know, this man was obviously like a, a hero when you were growing up to get the opportunity to sit in the car with him must have been something else for, like, for yourself. It was unbelievable, Kevin. We, uh, myself and Paddy, we wrecked the car in the Harvest Rally up in Balbuffet. And Con and Vincent rebuilt the car over the winter. And Paddy gave me a call one day, he says, VB is going to go to Clare with you. I'm not going to be about. So we went to Clare, and I was nervous going down with him. I'm not going to tell you a lie, because Winston was my childhood hero. From watching clips from in 83 and racing the two M3s down in the 1990, like, it just there was something else to get sitting with him. But we went in to the Auburn Lodge, anyway, to the driver's briefing, and we came out. And we turned the corner, going to Park Ferma, and I'll never forget it, the crowd that was down around the car. They were everywhere. Uh, on the Limit was there doing interviews with him, and Claire Radio was there doing interviews with him on the radio, and like if I wasn't nervous enough, <laughs> that didn't help it. <laughs> and we went out anyway, done the first stage, and we caught a car in the first stage, and we got back into the service, anyway, and Paddy rang me, he says, Jesus, you, you, you're going well. And I says, he'd be going a lot better with his glasses on him. <laughs> we pulled up to the first arrival control and he went out to put the balaclava and helmet on him. He left the glasses on top of the roof. <laughs> so, one of the other lads says to me then, he says, did you see the programme? I says, no, I've never seen the programme at all. A full two-page spread on him about all the rallies that he'd won all over Ireland. So, that was really adding to the pressure. But we got over that one anyway, and we got hop home, and I says to him, you stood down Claire, and you got a picture of everybody that came up to you, and you signed autographs, you know, I said, I got no picture with you. I says, the money stages are up now, and Lenties, we're going to have to do them. He's right, he says, we'll do one more. And that's what happened, we got another run of it. And I got my picture with him, and I was over the moon. <laughs> you got your picture in the wall now, and you're happy. I was happy. Happy out. And then, you know, Vincent, that was like, again hang up the, the the bits for another while but donna me and you done a podcast back in the middle of covid <laughs> for never the bad old days and uh, donna heard the, the podcast and they said you know you talked about always wanting to run the four-wheel drive and that was still you know an itch to scratch um the man jumped in and says right you're going for on my polo that must have been some phone call to get it was unbelievable i couldn't believe it when he rang me that day you know and he says, uh, I was listening to the thing, he says, and uh, you always had, had a regret that you never, ah, let's just say, well, sure, whatever. And he says, uh, we're going up as far as Lahey Bar, he says, Saturday week, I think he said, and he says, uh, you should come up for a bit of crack. And I says, I'm sure I have no interest now watching rallies and they're not finished with it, you know. Oh, no, 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 I should come up, he says. In fact, he says, sure, we'll make a day of it. He says, I'll send down the chopper for you. Oh, Jesus, I hold on now a minute. <laughs> <laughs> hold on a minute, says I need to talk to John about that. <laughs> 
So he mentioned to John, says, we'll go up. He says, but we'll have a cup of no chopper. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we, we, the ch we couldn't have went up on the chopper anyway, because we went up, there were fog every place. But we landed up anyway, and the next thing was, he says, come on. I got in along with him, and we, I would be a very bad passenger anyway at the best times. And we went up the stage, and I would know the stage from being up with John testing and that. And uh, we came down to the lake, and I said, Jeez, and my angels, we're never going to get round the corner here. And you would just thank you throughout an anchor. <laughs> it was just unbelievable now. And we'd, he'd done two or three runs like that, and, was, and then he says, Get in, and I got in, and he went, I'm well, sure I was all over the place and footing and whatnot. And he says, no, no, do this, do this and this. And after maybe two runs or three runs, you know, it came back to me then. And then um, Gary McIlhenny got in and he started to read the note and whatnot. And I thought it was the best thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have them. That was one of the best memories I'll ever remember now. Yeah, because yeah. that was, you know, was... Oh, it was like driving my BMW down the stage. They were so nice to drive, and the way it would you keep your foot on it, going around the corner, it would pull you around it. Not like an escort that you would have to dab it and foot it about with it. Uh -huh. oh, just unbelievable now. Unbelievable. Aye, like the, the power, the brakes, oh. the way it turned in, everything. It's just done what you wanted it to oh, do. Oh, it was so, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. That's for sure. When you look now at the MWRC boys and them, you can see why they can go so hard on them. You uh -huh. know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, there's something else then for For sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and another man we, we, we forgot to mention before now was Bernard Glacken. Um, oh, he I built uh, an Ascona. That's and, right. they, and then <laughs> Donna bought it before it was really kind of Bernard got a chance to enjoy it. Yeah. But he also built a Manta, and that was put back the way your car was, and he gave you the opportunity to drive that in Deja Vu as well. That's right. Well, that was a lovely day. That was a great outing, that altogether. And, and it, he built a fantastic car, a beautiful car. Yeah. But, you know, it, you know, it wasn't the real deal, you know. There's it was, you know, the, the whole setup of the car and all that had to be all, should be changed and whatnot. But I really enjoyed it the day that it was class day for something like that, okay. Yeah. I, and I think you'd be a bit of all getting in behind the wheel of it because oh it was, my God. you're a bit far away from the wheel. Oh, my God. <laughs> we landed in Jackson's night, got in and... Oh, I would need to be about seven foot to get near the pedals. Couldn't get near them, no place. So we got cushions and we got everything and couldn't get me up near the... the we put the seat up as far as we'd go and that. couldn't do nothing. And then somebody must have thought on pillows and they went up into the bedroom. They took down two pillows and they put them in behind me. And eventually I got, I got up to the pedals. <laughs> yeah. But that was a fantastic day too. And oh, the, there were some great stories and oh, some great yarns out there. Unbelievable. And the cars that was there, you would wonder where they all came from. That's you for know? sure. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I suppose now we'll skip through and we'll start wrapping up. 2022, once again, this man, Donna Kelly, the, the name comes back up again. He decided to do for the 50th anniversary of the Donegal Rally. It was the, the, the Rally Legends on the Sunday. And the, the lineup of drivers, co-drivers and cars, I don't think we'll ever see the likes of it in Donegal again. Oh, it was out of this world. Yeah, it was, was, was really, really special. Yeah. Really, really special. Definitely yeah. was. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, he, when he puts his head to something, he'll, you know... <laughs> There's he really, no half measures. He, oh, he really does it, I'm telling you now. He uh -huh. definitely does it. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll grab a week what's done there, just... Yeah. The sky's the limit. Yeah, Donna, so, like, as we were yeah. saying there, when you put in, take a notion to do something, you, you do it uh, with all the bells and whistles. Well, I suppose if, if you're going to do something, do it right. Uh, for me, I suppose, first of all, um, I know Vincent says at times he gets embarrassed when I say that he was 
certainly my hero uh, in rallying. And I remember 83 being there, and I, I was 12 years of age. Uh, I was a year behind John. And uh, I remember being down at the end of the rally and my father speaking to Vincent. Now, my father went from dad to superhero. The fact that he knew Vincent Bonner, I couldn't believe this. Uh, you know, and uh, I suppose Rory said to me, I think at Deja Vu, this is the man responsible for it all. This is the man that put us all crazy. And I, I compare Vincent to the likes of Ari Vatnin. And if you look at Ari Vatnin, he's not the most successful driver in the world, but he's probably the most popular. And, you know, I think Vincent is one of the most popular drivers in Ireland across all generations. And, you know, we look at Andrew Nesbitt and Eugene Donnelly and people like that. I don't think they hold a candle to Vincent. I don't think they will ever have the popularity that Vincent has. And I, I suppose when I look at the day that we were in the polo and... Uh, Certainly, Vincent does give a recollection of it that is a little bit different to mine uh, in the sense that when I was showing him how to drive it, he was taking it in. Then I sat on and we were double clutching, we were dabbing, we were at all sorts. And I said, no, this is the way you drive it. And once he got it the way we drove it, I was it was somebody let me out of this car quick. <laughs> this man's a lunatic. And uh, that's when I said to Gary McElhenney, you're on next. I said... Uh, my heart won't take it, but it's a real, real privilege and an honour. And, and I certainly think, you know, tonight is a testament to what you've achieved, Vincent, and a testament to you and your personality and how genuine you are. So, congratulations. Thank you very much for your kind words. Like, we'll just touch and finish up, finish up on that day, you know, that Sunday in the Rosapena Hotel. That was, to me, I don't know how you feel about it, but that was a magical day. Oh, that was, that was really, really special. Yeah. And I'll never forget Atlantic Drive. You know, we, we well, <laughs> Mac, Mac, when we came to the end of Atlantic Drive, Mac says to me, he says, that's 83 all over again. And that was, that, I mean, that was some compliment because it was really, really special. I, like, yes, we're running the last few cars on the road, but the crowds did on waited for you. I couldn't believe that. There were thousands and thousands. Usually, you know, when the, when the juniors go through, that, that, you know, there's nobody on the stages. Well, there were thousands that day. Thousands. Yeah. Couldn't believe it yet. See, Gert, unbelievable amount of people was in Gert. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were driving a car that we, we won the rally with an 83 and a replica of it, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was something else, definitely yeah. was. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, you mentioned this Mike, Mike here. Like, the bond that you guys have 40 years later, like, you still have the same old crack in the banter, I would say, as, as, it, as it was yesterday. Well, it's the same as when we used to go to Obison's along with James McDade for the tea. It's still the same. You know, and these boys here now are at the same, they do the same nearly every, every day too, you know. And that's what it's all about, you know. It's, it's just not all about yourself, it's about all the people that you've gained throughout your whole career and whatnot, you know. It's really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's lovely to be able to sit here the night and be able to talk about it all. There's other people prob probably would love to be able to do it and not able to do it, you know. So mm -hmm. I really, really appreciate it. And I, I, can't, I don't know how to thank you all and thank everybody for coming and whatnot. I mean, it's really, really made a very special night for me. One other story. One day, Vincent says to me, you go down to Wexford. I said, no, I'm not going to Wexford. <laughs> he said, he says, well, he says, you have to go to Wexford. I said, my car's not going. He says, go to Wexford. Anyway, to make a long story short, I joined the crew, went to Wexford. When he got me down in Wexford, he says, you're navigating for me. 
I said, Vincent, I don't know the first thing about navigating. I said, I'll only lose the rally on you. To make a long story short, I did the first day. After the first day, my stomach was inside out. I says, Vincent, I can't do the second day. But I says, you know what you'll have to do? You'll have to get Seamus McGettigan here. And Seamus went in and did the second day. And they finished second overall. But if I had been out of the car the first day, Vince would have won it. <laughs> There's one man here who wants to say a few words just before we finish up. Is Jerry McGarty. Jerry, what's your thoughts on this man? Oh, no. <laughs> I couldn't say anything that hasn't already been said. Um, Barry, he's, he's one of the biggest heroes we have in Irish rallying. Him, Austin, Bertie. He, uh, he was way ahead of his time. Anybody that was fit to race Vincent and Donegal now, was <laughs> they were on top of their game. But not, not alone that, he was, he was a gentleman and still is. Um, and a very honourable man. And I'm... Um, Glad to be here tonight to see this forum. It's, it's just what he deserves. Thank you. Jerry, thank you very much. Uh, so I suppose really to just start wrapping things up, a few people to thank. Michael Devlin here. Just one, one more. I'm on there. I've just one more wee short funny story. I used to go into Vincent in the garage when he was doing the mechanic in the early days. But this particular day I was in, and this fully prepared Fort Sierra was sitting over the pit and Vincent was down walking at the exhaust and I was standing up talking to the man that owned the car but this other man walked in and he walked around this car and he says, ah, see them out Sierras they're the biggest heap of scrap he said he's kicking the tyre he says, I had one of those cars and he says, I had to sell it Vincent was down in the pit he couldn't come up for the laughing <laughs> but this car at the time was worth a fortune anyway, that's just the last one now So, hopefully that's PJ now. <laughs> no, uh, just to say a few people words of thanks. Michael Devlin, who has looked after the sound here tonight, has done an absolute fantastic job. Um, Michael, I want to him scratching my head, and he says, "Don't worry, it'll be fine." Um, Joe Sharp on the video. <laughs> Joe said yes before I'd even asked the question. I don't know. <laughs> um, Mark and Gavin is here helping us out tonight, taking a few shots and one thing and another. Gratefully appreciate it, lads. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fergus McAnallan for the fantastic slideshow. And there's a, something else coming later on as well. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know why he didn't say no, but... <laughs> everybody here tonight, um, your enthusiasm for this project, you know, any time I picked up the phone to ask somebody, yep. Vincent, I'll be there, no problem, that's great. Yep, great man, can't speak highly enough of him, I'll be there, so that's really fantastic. Um, Connor Edwards, um, I don't know. Connor, I ring you up and tell you I've had a, a great idea. And you don't, you, why do you, you don't say no, I don't know, you just, yeah, 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 we can make that happen, that'll be fine, yep, yeah, okay. Uh, so thanks very much for all the encouragement. Uh, Donna Kelly, what can we say, you know? The use of this fantastic facility. Um, I rang him and said what I wasn't thinking of doing. Yep, make it happen. So thank you very much for making it happen. <laughs> uh, to John and Rory, John Bonner and Rory Kennedy. Again, 
they didn't say no when they want him with this harebrained idea. So really appreciate the two of you as well. Thank you very much. And then finally, this man here. Um, I can't speak highly enough of this man. Every time I went over and said hello to him, it's always, he makes me feel so comfortable, so relaxed. And we, I, I spent a few years with him now, back and forth over the last couple of years. And I have to say, an absolute gentleman, a complete and utter legend of Irish rallying. Ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Bonner. All I can say, why me? <laughs> and I just want to thank whoever done all the photographs. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the big screen all night and I'm looking at photographs and I've never in all my life seen as many photographs on myself of all different places and all different stages and different cars and everything else. And whoever done it, thank them very, very much. Thank you very much, Fergus. Thank you. <laughs> You made, a very, you, you made me very humble tonight by looking at all this. This is class. Unbelievable. I'll never forget this night the day I die. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>